Okay, hello and welcome to On the Table. This is Representative Dan Miller, and I'm very excited today to get back uh, to one of my great loves of public service, which is talking about uh, the fire service. Uh, in particular, we're going to be talking about urban search and rescue enhancements that were currently being debated, um, basically all over in, in the Senate and the House. And with me, and uh, as, as a friend of mine, I'm very glad to have him here, uh, is Brian Kukila. He's the assistant fire chief and the task force leader for the Western elements of the urban search and rescue team that's in place. And I want to thank Brian for making the time. I know he's got a lot going on. Brian, thank you for talking with me today. Uh, Rep. Miller, thank you. Uh, thank you again for, for one, this opportunity to talk with you about uh, you know, a subject that I think we're all passionate and, and, and interested and excited about uh, and, and yeah. just trying to just trying to make things great. So um, look forward to the, the, the conversation and uh, thanks again for having us. Oh yeah, well, and listen, I, you got you've been doing such great, uh, great work on this topic. I really appreciate. It. I know, uh, you know, you and I first met because uh, uh, Chief Sahida Nick from the Mount Lebanon Fire Department got us together, uh, and uh, you know, obviously, I've enjoyed uh, getting to uh, know you, but also work with you on um, on things we can do to help urban search and rescue capabilities in the West, uh, which is good. And so, and when we say the West, of course, we're we're when we say the West, we're just talking about build out. We have a statewide system that I know you care about. Absolutely, Dan, and, and and I would also agree that 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 whole statewide system is uh, has been neglected from the start, and it and it needs the support to to be viable to protect all the citizens. And uh, you know, part of that was was the um, the lack of funding that was what was kept yeah. alive to to support all those different elements. Now. That the the main the main idea was to have all of those resources funded with uh, state homeland security grant dollars, uh, and in the case of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, it would be urban area security initiative funds. Uh, Pittsburgh well, has fallen off of that funding train a couple times right. on the Uathi side, <laughs> and then overall Shish Gap uh, has has come down and and has come with additional prescriptions. So, well, we're no, yeah, go ahead. Dan. Yeah, let, let me, if we can, brother, let me pull you back for a moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, because like, we got to be sure that people understand what we're talking about. Right. So let, let's. A lot of acronyms. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, everybody knows that uh, uh, we have, uh, Pennsylvania has, the, has a lot of different fire departments that are all over the place. We have a good amount, in a, especially in more of our cities, we have a, a good amount of uh, career departments. We have, a, uh, I think, we, at one point, if not still, we are leading the nation in volunteer departments. We have combination fire departments like we have in Mount Lebanon and Dormont. Um, so we have all that. But when we're talking about urban search and rescue, can you help the listeners understand why are we separating urban search and rescue out from what a, a lot of the other work that fire departments do? So, so sure, we're, you know, when we're, when we're talking about urban search and rescue, it is a very highly, um, highly skilled realm of emergency service delivery. Uh, when you when you're talking about the, the collapse of, of large structures and large urban flooding uh, and, and all the impacts that come from that, that is a that is a serious that's a high high risk environment. And it takes uh, it takes some some highly skilled folks that that are honed and trained and consistently prepared 
to manage that efficiently and effectively. Uh, so that's not a skill that 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 we expect every every fire department to be able to deliver in their community. It, it'd be it'd be unreasonable to to expect um, a local municipality to to bear the one the cost uh, and to uh, and to be able to support the, the the massive resources it takes to manage a, a structural collapse event. Well, and I think that's what I, 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 a lot of people don't know is I, I know people people know that firefighters of all type do training. Uh, they know that uh, a lot of people need to do more training. They struggle because some departments have to do fundraising and some other ridiculousness that takes up their time rather than training. But, um, you know, there are specific requirements to get in place. Like, for example, I remember when Nick brought over to Mount Lebanon, a requirement that everybody had to get firefighter one as a basic uh, to, to be a firefighter in Mount Lebanon. Then he increased it to firefighter two. These are certificates, certifications that the state makes sure that are in place to help um, elevate uh, training uh, across the board um, to make sure that you're not just having a couple guys uh, or gals who are just rolling into a scene with no idea which way the hose goes, right? So we have training requirements that are in place. The urban search and rescue, while departments may do some training individually, uh, um, you know, on some minor aspects to it, I've always considered the urban search and rescue to be incredibly technical and to be very challenging uh, to do. Perhaps you can give us a quick little, uh, uh, what, what goes into having a firefighter who can be part of your team what does that firefighter need to know and go through to be ready to do the job? Sure, Dan, uh, and I'll tell you that, that, that that's a great way to explain it. Um, the training that it takes to become a, a competent um, local level provider for for fire rescue and and EMS is is a is a high bar. When we are talking about our urban search and rescue professionals, we're taking the best of the best from that from that. Um, high level operators and we're we're moving them to the next level we're sending them um so their so their baseline certifications have to be all of the all of the nfpa 1670 and 1006 so the the training and certification in all the technical rescue disciplines that's vehicle machinery structural collapse confined space trench and subterranean rescue um surface water rescue right, so, right. And, and and ropes and high angle system so we're, we're already taking somebody who's who's super qualified and now we're sending them to structural collapse specialist course which is which is is kind of rescue school to the to the to the top level it's it's a graduate program in, in rescue school where we're we're taking them through heavy structural collapse concrete uh, breaching and breaking the burning of steel yep. members, structural assessment, how to function and practice where work alongside um, canine assets, how to work, uh, how to understand seismic detection devices, um, yep. high end high end search cameras. So, you know, really we're we're taking that that individual to the next level with the rescue team. But the team isn't just rescue specialists. We have technical search specialists who are the experts in in the um, all of the search cameras, the the technology that's involved. We have medical specialists where where we we have physicians who are trained in collapse medicine. And this isn't just an emergency room doc. This isn't just a, a paramedic delivering medicine in the street. These folks are trained and prepared to to maintain and sustain that individual for multiple days. Well, right? and, and 
and you, I know you're scratching the surface here with it. I, you know, my overall, uh, I think I hopefully this comes through is that there is uh, typical training, and I'm very proud of the training that I know Mount Lebanon and I worked with Dormont and Shannon and, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, all of our local departments do. There's the typical training. And then there's nothing typical about what you're talking about here with urban search and rescue. This is above and beyond. Uh, and so you want that specialty. So I, um, a typical firefighter may be able to know uh, uh, how to how to handle a structure fire. But when we're talking a bridge collapse, when we're talking a building collapse, when we're talking those types of, you know, uh, um, you know, sort of uh, massive incidents, this is what we're talking about with urban search and rescue. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's the, the it is not a typical fire department function, rescue company function. This is uh, this is going to the big league game um, and right. and dealing with a usually very dynamic, uh, complex right. scenarios. Well, and so look, we know that uh, just this week uh, or last week uh, we had a hearing. Um, I want I, I I do think the Senate uh, took the lead, but it was a joint Senate and House uh, Veterans Emergency Services uh, hearing, which was really good. It was on our bill uh, here that would create uh, a Type Three uh, team here based in in, in Allegheny County in the West. Um, and uh, I definitely appreciated uh, the chairs, both. Uh, Senator Mastriano in the Senate, as well as uh, Chairman Solomon in the House, uh, to ha let us have this hearing. Um, I know that uh, we had um, the co-sponsors, myself and Rep. Mihalik in the House, and then we also had Senators Robinson and Senators Acosta out there to talk on, on, on their uh, on their bill as well in the Senate, which is tremendous. Um, so we're very glad to have this discussion, and I actually think that there were some basic things that. While there may be some differences, there was actually a lot in common, I felt, that came out of that discussion. Now, what did you think? So, uh, absolutely, Dan. I, I think, that one, it, it was great that we had we had a bipartisan committee, uh, and we had we had the House and the Senate together uh, holding a joint committee or hearing on, on, a, on bills that are, that are both Senate bill and, and House bill that are bipartisan efforts. Uh, so that that in a in a in a polarized world is is fantastic, right? That's right. A, that's a great step. Um, where I think that, that in the end we all agree, um, us in the West, uh, the legislators, and Director Padfield and, and the the Commissioner of Philadelphia is that, hey, we 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 have an, uh, a deficit here, especially in the West. And we have agreement on what that right sized element needs to be to fix the gap right. in the type West. Three. Yeah, type three. three team. Now, we also agree that the rest of the state, the rest of the Commonwealth, has a, an urban search and rescue system that has been neglected since for the last 20 plus years. And it needs the right support. Um, what does that right support look like? What does the right model look like? That's those are where there there may be room for discussion, but in general, in alignment with the the uh, the typing uh, that mm -hmm. comes out of the National Incident Management System and Resource Typing uh, Library, I think we all agree is the right model for us to look like. Um, well, and, and and this is, you know, look, we've already started down the path here, right? Thankfully, uh, 
uh, with Senator Costa's help, and I know the leadership in my caucus, we were able to secure roughly 4.6 million uh, last budget for a uh, to start our uh, equipment and apparatus uh, build out. Uh, we're going to be pushing again for a um, another component of that funding to be in place uh, as uh, this budget um, uh, cycle continues. Uh, so we're in the process, but there are two things that we need. We need to build out the equipment and um, uh, capacity, you know, uh, apparatus. We need that. And then we also need this type three uh, structure to be put in place legally. So we need both the bill, which is what we had a hearing on in particular, and the um, financial component, um, which is obviously our responsibility uh, to, to deliver, uh, to, to come together. And um, I think that, like you said, building off of where um, a lot of that testimony, I think, was leading us, I, I think that we should, we're in a good position to do that. Yeah, I would agree. I, and there's one other piece to that puzzle that you, that you just laid out. I think that, that it is supported by both legs of that stool, uh, and that's the personnel. So we're making a definitive right, investment right. in in people who are, you know, human capital is our most valuable asset. Uh, yeah. it, it, the resources and equipment is fantastic, but uh, not having the right trained folks who can operate that equipment is key. The funding and the legislation gives us the protection. Well, one, it gives us the funds to make sure that we're training the folks and properly equipping them to, to complete the mission. And two, the, the legality also lays out the protections for those employees uh, to make sure that they're they're appropriately protected with with compensation coverage should they be injured in, in support of the comp. Well, and, and see that's the thing too is that you know we have to be sure that um, uh, that uh, the men and women who are taking that extra time doing this extra step to provide that level of service uh, is appropriately that they are appropriately covered in every sense. You know, and, and that's what it comes down to, I think, a little bit. And that's why I'm so glad that you brought this issue up to me. And I, again, I know we've seen a fantastic support from Western fire departments, uh, no matter uh, all the way up from from Erie down to our West Virginia border. Uh, everybody understands that, um, um, you know, we were lucky in a couple of ways in relation to things like the bridge collapse at Fern Hollow, that, um, you know, that there is a gap here that needs to be addressed. Uh, but uh, I think everything to I've never heard a person come to me and say, can you please address the West by taking away resources from the East? Right. I've never had somebody come up and make that argument. I, I'm a, yeah, you have it, right? Yeah, I have. Nobody, no, no, nobody. No, nobody. No, 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 nobody, nobody, nobody wants to take And look, I think if anything, what we're, we're asking to do is provide um, part additional resources to protect the entire Commonwealth. Uh, well, and let's be honest too, look, the legislature has gone uh, in a lot of ways, they, uh, Pennsylvania legislature has lucked out for uh, for generations really, by having such, so many Pennsylvanians who are willing to volunteer, right, to, to do anything, whether it's be part of a task force or whether it's actually to be a firefighter in the first place. Um, we have, you know, there are billions of dollars in savings that uh, annually that are, are met because Pennsylvanians are willing to to volunteer. Uh, but there are limits to that. We're, we're seeing that limitation in relation to the ability for some of our smaller departments to function. And we're also seeing the limitations 
when you stack and stack responsibilities on people who are already stretched thin and expect them to be ready to go should a major uh, collapse of some type or something happen, um, you know, th this is where the legislature has to, in my opinion, step up and make sure that we have the back of the men and women that you're helping to lead, um, especially here in the West, but all over the state in order to get the job done. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Dan. I think that uh, your 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 points are key. We we have we have agreement. Um, we have a gap. We know that that we cannot assume or expect uh, folks who are already overworked, uh, challenged financially, uh, with with supporting their community organization to to take on additional burdens by uh, increasingly complicated missions. Uh, and equipments. So th this is really a Commonwealth issue, especially the urban search and rescue component. Uh, and we're, yeah. well, we're really looking forward to to solving some of these issues. Well, and then that's the thing, my friend. I was glad to touch base with you here today, and I appreciate you making a little more time for us just to talk. We we still have more work to be uh, to be done, and it's going to require um, you know uh, people from all over the state to to help move this system forward. There's there, there's no doubt about that. Um, so, look, um, I want to thank you, Brian, as always, for your time. I know we're going to be talking again soon. Thanks for your work on this effort here with the, our, with the uh, Urban Search and Rescue uh, Bill and our efforts to build out financial support. So I, I thank you, brother, and I'll look forward to catching you again soon. Yeah, Dan, thank you. Thank you, all your colleagues, for uh, recognizing and supporting the, uh, the, the, the issue and, uh, and helping us to correct the, the gaps. Be sure to say hey to local one guys when you see them, right? I will do, Dan. Thank you. All right. Thanks, brother. Thank you, everybody. We'll look forward to seeing you next time uh, on On the Table. On, on, on the Table. i got to work on that.